Looking to step up your Mother's Day flowers? The Home Depot has an idea. Let Mom's Green Thumb do some digging with colorful flowers, pots, and premium soils to bring out the most in her patios, walkways, and gardens. Right now, get Vigoro Potting Soil just $8.97 for strong, healthy, vibrant plants, indoors and outside. Shop our wide selection online and pick up your order in-store and give Mom the gift of a beautiful garden. Get Vigoro Potting Soil just $8.97 at the Home Depot. How doers get more done. See homedepot.com slash delivery for details. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. This episode is brought to you by Progressive. Most of you aren't just listening right now. You're multitasking. But what if you could also be saving money by switching to Progressive? Drivers who save by switching save nearly $750 on average, and auto customers qualify for an average of seven discounts. So multitask right now. Get your quote now at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates national average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May 2023. Potential savings will vary. Discounts not available in all states and situations. Stop being Dr. Dooms, okay, Dr. Doom? No, I'm not being Dr. Doom. The, the one thing that I will miss more than anything else, those awesome indelible shots of the depressed fan with just that look of despair as his or her favorite team has gone down in flame. Dr. Doom, the killer of fun is back. <laughs> Wednesday edition well of done. Ball Talk Live. Yeah, well, well done. done. Well done. That's really it's good. It's much job. more fun when you're the butt yeah. of the control room's uh, you know, effort at uh, making us laugh. But good job, control room. I, I look, that was a legitimate pick yesterday in our draft. We know it was. It legitimately about goes college in your football brain. season. Yes. <laughs> I yeah, know. But but misery isn't that for others. Compelling? <laughs> no. It's a well because they join hey, I need company. I misery loves company. I'm looking for some company. Right. Um but but it's just it's and it really is one of the fundamental differences between college and pro football. You see those shots in college you don't see them in the NFL. Yeah, yeah. You've got the pageantry and the fight songs in college. You don't have it in the NFL. It really is amazing. Even though the NFL is so much bigger than college football, and sorry, college football, it's the truth, there are certain aspects of college football that the NFL either hasn't tried to replicate or knows that it just can't, so it doesn't even attempt it, Chris. Well, no, it can't. You know, And you're right. I mean, it's young kids, the pageantry, the band, I mean – you know the kids in the you know the community there the, the community itself is usually rallied around these college programs you know the kids in the stands they're sitting there going man we're not going to win the party tonight's not going to be as good now cuz we didn't win so they're affected by that but yeah you're awesome like that that's the way you are i mean you know full transparency pull back the curtain i mean mike's one of those guys where the vikings are up by 7 with 5 minutes left and oh it's over. I've seen this story before. We're gonna lose. It's I, true. I've, I've seen that's this true. One. And then I've seen I've seen it all. Did you on a on Friday's draft last week? 
one of the things that you said you missed were the injuries from training camp. Is that is that one of the things? No. Is that the no, rumor I heard no. on the streets? I think it's no, the rumor that's around not there. True. No, it's not true. Shut up, Matt Casey. It's not true. The th- we, we, we drafted the things that we'll miss and that we are missing without a normal training camp. And one of the things that is absent this year is that ever-present, like, Who's like that? Vague, I know. Not that it's, a, okay. you know, it's something you like, right. but you're carrying around every day. Who, where, where are we going to see that somebody had a serious injury that's going to completely alter the course of a uh, team's season? I get you. It's not anything I like, but it's that you get used to that. You know, I got you. You get used to that carrying around that vague bag. Well, I got to explain myself. I'm not rooting for guys to get. I know you're not. I'm just but trying it's one to of get you riled that's different up. About this year, yeah, it is. And let me say, they're getting ready to put the pads on soon. That kind of vague nagging, you know, because there's been nobody injured yet. They're not doing anything. We had the video from what they're doing in the Texans training camp. There, there, there was no helmets to be seen. Right. They're doing conditioning drills. They're doing off-season workouts in the first two weeks of training camp. So uh, get ready. Get ready. That vague sense that your, your favorite uh, quarterback, or not yours, Chris, but I'm saying anyone's favorite quarterback, a key player on your team, somebody on your fantasy team, whatever – you never know when it's going to happen. That sense is coming back soon because they're getting ready to put the pads on. I think the Chiefs and the Texans put them on today or tomorrow. Uh, yeah, it's, it's coming. coming up. I think it, tomorrow is yeah, the day. Right. Um, all right. Some PFT props for the season that's coming up. And even with all of the uncertainty about college football, we've been talking about it a lot because it definitely affects the NFL. The NFL is moving in the right direction. We believe that four weeks from tomorrow night, we firmly believe that the Texans and the Chiefs will go off without I'm feeling a hitch. good. That the first Sunday will unfold three days later, that the first Monday night doubleheader, and that everything will be fine. There's just a sense of optimism, and there's a sense of curiosity that college football does stand down. Maybe there'll be some Saturday games oh, for the I NFL. Hope so. so, operating under the premise that the season will happen, some PFT props. Wait, Mike, real Here quick, is real Phillip- quick, Mike. Did the Chiefs get their Super Bowl rings yet? Uh, just, uh, you know, it's one of those things I look forward to in the offseason, always checking out that new ring. And I, I'm sorry to cut you off, but it just came to my head there when you were talking about opening game. We're not going to see like a banner and the crowds and all that go crazy. And I haven't heard about the ring yet. I've asked Ted Cruz, who does a great job as the spokesperson for the Kansas City Chiefs, and he's been there for a long time. Yeah, uh, I've asked him several times, and uh, th- there's no information about when they're going to get the rings. That's one of the one of the things that can't happen in the pandemic. You can't have right. some big party at Clark Hunt's house like we've seen over the years. You know, the Robert Kraft it seems like what they have it every other year with the ring ceremony. So I have a feeling they're going to get them. I don't, I don't know. Good question opposed to a former NFL player starting into a new season oh the night of the first game right would you want the ring would you want to get your ring pre-game before you go out to play the first game of the no because I'm I, thinking that's when they're going to get the ring you know and that, that's why I kind of brought it up I started to think like is it going to be one of those type of things you know the NBA does that sometimes you see them do it I, I would not I I to, to me that will be a distraction. You're going to have guys, you know, just like enamored with it, talking about it, taking pictures of it as soon as they get it when they go back in the locker room, you know, putting it on in the locker room and like walking around and showing it off and being like, oh, my gosh, look at this ring. You know, that that to me would not be what I'd want to do to my football team. Certainly not. How about the next night, you know, or Friday or Saturday or something like that after that Thursday night game? That would make more sense to me if I'm a coach in the team. 
Well, what about right after the game if you win? That that would be cool. That would be. I like that. That would be cool. I and I would I would certainly stay tuned and sit there and watch it just to check out the ring and see some of the reactions. It's not a problem Andy Reid has ever had. Uh, it's a good problem to have. When do we distribute the Super Bowl rings? But they they haven't, as far as I know, gotten them yet. And I think we'd know if they'd gotten them because we'd see pictures of them all over so, uh, social media. Yeah. And here's the other thing, too, Chris. You give me that ring before the game. I, I don't want to leave it in my locker. I'm going to be out on the field thinking somebody's going to grab my <laughs> ring, right? I mean, we've heard stories about things getting stolen out of locker rooms. You put, you put uh, 53 of those rings in a locker room – uh, chances are one or two of them is going to walk away while everybody else is out on the field. So I'd worry about that too. So I agree with you. I don't want it before that first game, the night before the first game. After that game, if we win, that'd be great. Um, I, I, I have a feeling that there's going to that Andy Reid will have picked a point in the lead at the right time to give them the proper motivation to go out and start off the title defense with a win. He'll pick that right time to give it to him to give them the kick in the butt they need to get ready to play the Houston Texans. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Here we go. PFT props. Philip Lindsay, new uh, or holdover member of the Denver Broncos, asked about a new member of the team, Melvin Gordon, and what fuels Philip Lindsay now that Gordon is there. Here's Lindsay from earlier this week. I mean, honestly, I've, I've had the same fire my whole time from the first time I stepped here to now. You know, uh, I don't need another man to fuel my fire. You know, I, I know what I want. Uh, for my family and that's what fuels me so for me honestly like nothing changes you know I go out there and I, I produce when, when my numbers call I make big plays like I always have and I go from there Philip Lindsay's been a great running back for the Denver Broncos undrafted lived with his parents at least initially because he's from the uh, the Denver area but now Melvin Gordon's in with his big of a free agent contract as you're going to see a running back get nowadays when he changes teams over under combined scrimmage yards for Lindsay and Gordon this year Chris is 2300 what do you got more uh, or less I I gotta go under there I mean they certainly have the talent to challenge that I'm not you know trying to deny that because Lindsay is got two rockets up his butt he's a home run hitter he's phenomenal in the pass game the screen game Melvin Gordon is much better running back than he gets a credit for nationally I mean he is a specimen he is a little bit of a home run hitter himself while being more of a bell cow, you know, can smash it up in there for a tough four and five yards at a time, two type of guy. But I think what I would go with the under is there's just too many other weapons on the offense to think that, like, it's all just going to be formulated around him. You know, this is not the West Coast offense. We're going to get the ball to Todd Gurley a bunch or Alvin Kamara uh, or anything like that. You know, those offenses have these niche in their playbooks where they can, like, have a million different ways. And not to say Pat Shermer and the Broncos won't have that, but, uh, man, Jerry Judy, Cortland Sutton, Noah Fant, K.J. Hamler, you know, there's there's a lot to go around here. So that's why I would go under more than anything. Yeah, I'm going to lean under as well. And I'm really curious as to see which of those two guys steps up as the main guy or whether it will be a, a straight rotation committee approach. Lindsey has been really good, but – you know, you don't spend the money on Melvin Gordon if you think Lindsey is the guy long-term. And Lindsey's had some health issues. And the thing about Lindsey, you know, we had the, the video yesterday of Leonard Fournette, and, and we remarked on just what a giant he is. Philip Lindsey just looks like an average guy. I mean, I know he's in good shape. He's in football shape. But when we had him at the yeah. Super Bowl a year and a half ago, there's, there's not a whole lot to him, which makes you wonder, 
is he going to be durable over the long haul in the National Football League? Uh, that's a, it's a real question. There's no doubt. Yeah, he's, a, he's your typical you know third down running back. That's what he is. He's really a guy that in the old days you wouldn't even think about giving him bell cow type carries, but that's not the way it goes in the NFL right now. He... I know a lot of people went, ooh, this might be a detractor or a bad thing for a Philip Lindsay with Melvin Gordon there. He should be very happy. He really should. Let Melvin Gordon go up in there and smash his body around. Save yourself a little. Your payday's coming here real soon. And the longer you can stay close to your top of your game and being healthy and all that, you know, in the end, yeah, you might not get the stats and everything you want this year, but I think it's going to pay out and be beneficial for him in the long run. Saints running back Alvin Kamara, a third-round pick in 2017, still waiting for his payday. And some believe that he's every bit as good as Christian McCaffrey. He just doesn't get the same reps, the same opportunities to generate yardage. 2017, there was 1,554 yards from scrimmage and 13 touchdowns for Kamara. 2018, 1,592 from scrimmage and 18 TDs. 2019, he dipped to 1,330 and 6 because of uh, a knee problem. He has shifted to a plant-based diet, Ooh. Chris, for 2020. The over/under: 1,500 from scrimmage, 10 total touchdowns. I don't I, look. You know, we we make a big deal about the plant-based diet. Tom Brady's on the plant-based diet, and uh, it, a lot it of hasn't, players. It hasn't hurt him, right? Uh, for Kamara, what do you think he's going to do? Healthy, different diet, over/under: 1,500 yards. And 10 total touchdowns, what do you have? And contract year, and really good team around him, and yes, was disrespected maybe a little last year and not brought up in the you know top running backs conversation because of that injury, and he was tough and fighting through it. This guy's a football player. You know, been around him a few times. I know he loves the game, and I, you know he views himself as one of the best in the game. And I, I'm going over here. I think this is a big year for Alvin Kamara. You know, one – uh, he's special, he's healthy, you know, with Michael Thomas, Emmanuel Sanders, more being maybe, uh, attention gone their way. And, and honestly, too, I think the time has come for the Saints to ride Alvin Kamara a little harder too. You know, they've, they've had other running backs there. They've been able to give the ball to, but when healthy, he, to me is clearly a notch above Latavius Murray and special that way. You know, again, I'm not saying he's Christian McCaffrey, but I think a healthy Alvin Kamara is not far off. He is right there in the combo. Yeah, and you know, it's never been the Saints way under Sean Payton right. to have that one guy who is the bell cow. Remember, Reggie Bush, second overall pick in 2006 when the Texans didn't take him, fell to the Saints, and there was this anticipation he was going to be Gale Sayers. He never got the chances in New Orleans. They put him in that that rotation right with Pierre Thomas. Who yeah. else was part of that group? Oh, I don't know. Where Pierre it, is it, the it, one I just, uh, yeah, right. Sorry. You know, but, but Reggie Bush never got never got the opportunities that we thought he would have in New Orleans. Uh, and uh, I just wonder whether or not Sean Payton is ready to put all the eggs in the Alvin Kamara basket, especially because Latavius Murray, you know, he, he, he did pretty well. He did pretty well as the replacement for Mark Ingram last year. Yeah, he did. He really did. And I think Deuce McAllister, would he have been there still when when uh, Reggie Bush? Yeah, he was I think a he was, so. first rounder in 2001, so he'd have still been there. Yeah, that, I mean, that's crazy. It really is. Now, I'll say this. I think Alvin Kamara is a true, better in-between-the-tackles runner than Reggie Bush. And that's, to me, where, you know, yeah, you said it, Latavius Murray's done a good job, all those type of things. But Kamara's... You know, he's a guy that can do a lot with a little, and that's where he's special. And for a small guy, 
man, can he break some tackles and run with some power. So uh, I'm expecting them to kind of unleash him this year so he can get paid too. And it was Deuce McAllister when Reggie Bush was a rookie. Deuce still had 1,000 yards rushing that year on 244 carries. Reggie had 155 attempts for 565. So not nearly the kind of explosion we expected from Reggie Bush. We'll see if we get that from Alvin Kamara in his fourth season in that contract year with the Saints. Minka Fitzpatrick, the big trade last year from the Dolphins to the Steelers in September. Steelers happily gave up a first-round pick and have figured out how to use him. He says he wants six or seven interceptions. He had five last year. Over-under for Minka Fitzpatrick picks, six and a half. Chris, what do you have? I'm going to go under. I am. And I and listen, I, I love this player. You know, he's a ball hawk. I've been watching him since high school. And, you know, of course, watched him at Alabama. Uh, he, he, he can do it all. But... Last year, just just right on the spot right there, he was Johnny on the spot a few times where he just got very fortunate that the ball got tipped up and it ended up being right in the area he was. And he's got great hands, so if the ball hits his hands, he catches it. But, man, you know, that that's a lot, you know, six, seven interceptions. And to do that, you know, back-to-back year, I know last year he had five and he had a number of fumble recoveries too. But, yeah, I'm, I'm going under here. I'm going under. He's a difference maker in that defense. He's a guy that I think that, you know, I think the Steelers secretly coveted him when he was in the draft and uh, they, they uh, saw the opportunity happily gave up the first round pick to get him. And, and it's just, he, he just has the feel already of a guy who's going to be a long-term, highly successful member of a defense that has quietly, but definitely gotten better and better and better in recent years. Do not write off the Steelers in 2020. They are always dangerous when the expectations are low. And for some reason, a lot of people have low expectations for the Steelers this year. What are the expectations for the Houston Texans? They won the division again last year. But there's a weird sense that maybe they're taking a step back. State of the franchise for the Houston franchise when PFT Live continues right after this. Obviously, with, with Hob not being here anymore, um, you know, that, that's going to open up things for, for, for everybody. You know, he, he had a lot of targets, and then so those, those targets got to be filled up with, with other guys. So, um, you know, we're all going to be able to get it done, and I, and I feel like it's going to be a, a great season. Will Fuller, Texans receiver, who can be very, very effective when healthy, and they're hoping that he will be this year. Look at the moves. For this franchise, and the biggest name on there, DeAndre Hopkins, gone. Traded to the Arizona Cardinals. One of the realities, he wants to be paid like Julio Jones, and the Texans aren't willing to do that, especially with Deshaun Watson on deck for a major contract. So, DeAndre Hopkins out, Chris. Texans, you know, just kind of have that weird sense of they overachieved last year to win the division. They finally found a way to win a playoff game. They had the Chiefs on the ropes in the divisional round, up 24-0 in the first half. But, you, it, you know, and, and Deshaun Watson, you and I are both believers. But is there enough around Deshaun Watson, especially now that DeAndre Hopkins is gone? I, I think there definitely is. I don't worry about Houston's offense. I don't. When I sit here and just look at it, and I know it's on paper and everything like that, you know, again, you're right. It seems like it's a team that consistency is not always its strength, but yet we keep looking up and going, oh, oh they're in the playoffs. Oh, they're 10 and 6. Oh, they're 11 and 5. I mean, and that it partly is because, hey, Billy O'Brien, he's a tough SOB. And then you got a quarterback who's a superstar. I mean, a superstar. I mean, he really is. He is special. 
You know, we'd be making a much bigger deal about him if it weren't for Patrick Mahomes in Kansas City. But you've heard me say this, and I think in a lot of ways, without DeAndre Hopkins with the Houston Texans can be a blessing for this offense because I do think it could be a little bit more offense by committee instead of what we saw so many times last year. And I know we showed some clips where we just went, hey, it's third down. This team knows they're throwing to DeAndre Hopkins. This is what they do. It's, it was, you know, it was almost, it was a telltale sign. Now, man, Brandon Cooks, Fuller, Randall Cobb, who does what? They're interchangeable in that New England offense. They can all do a little bit of everything. And if Will Fuller can stay healthy and be that down-the-field guy with one of the best down-the-field throwers in the game, their offense, I think, is going to have to carry you know, the team a little bit. But I think the offense could be actually more special, especially because they've got an offensive line finally rounded into shape. And David Johnson, we'll see what he's got. But if he's got something and can be back to the guy we once saw, I go, damn, this offense is going to be one of the five best in the league because these are some pretty damn good, talented receivers, running backs, and, of course, the quarterback's a superstar. Remember the Texans-Colts game where, you know, they shut him down? What was it, a fourth down play? That's, and, that's what and I'm talking about. Right. Darius Leonard after the game said, we, we knew. We knew to go after DeAndre Hopkins. That's that's who they have. That's what they have. That's who they're going to trust The Kansas City situation. game. Remember that? The regular season game. It was the same thing. It was a fourth down at the end of the game, to your point, and it was exactly the same thing. It was Watson got the ball. Oh, wait, DeAndre Hopkins. I'm supposed to throw to him. He's not open, and it ends up in incompletion, and the game was over. So that, thank you for verifying my point is what I'm saying. You're taking away the crutch. If you right. trade DeAndre Hopkins, you're taking away the quarterback's crutch, and you're forcing him to diversify his looks yes. in the passing game. And, and that may look, this may be a key ingredient. I, I still I can't believe I'm getting behind the idea that the Texans are better off with, without DeAndre Hopkins because I don't think they are. I hear you, but you but can see the, the logic a little. The, the, Right. The next level in the development of Deshaun Watson is to get him to throw it to the open guy, not to the guy. Right. And he throws it to the guy, and he waits too long. Chris, to your point that you make all the time, Deshaun Watson treats too many plays like they're the last play of the Super Bowl, and he extends and he extends and he extends. Why? Because he's waiting for DeAndre Hopkins to get open. There's no That's doubt why. about it. Yep, there is. There's no doubt. Or he's a little greedy at times, looking for a big play, and you just go, man, Deshaun, just you got a five-yard completion, throw it there, and then you won't have to make some unbelievable play where, yeah, you might make it, you might not. But, of course, we've seen him take a beating doing that type of stuff too. And I, I, I love the guy. I mean, he's one of my favorite players to watch in the league and one of my favorite people you know, to hear interviews from and everything like that to where, you know, I know we've had a lot of conversations about that. Don't take those car crash hits. I don't want any more car rides to Jacksonville with a punctured lung. So you got to go play a football game and that type of stuff. I mean, he's a special competitor. So the offense, you know, I, that's my logic, Mike. You, you explained it really well. I think in the development of Deshaun Watson, it might go a long way for him not to have DeAndre Hopkins there. It's going to force him to see the offense and the picture of the play in totality more instead of like, oh, I just trust this guy. Let me go to him. Me and him make it happen all the time, and I'm going to go back to that well. And I just don't know if that's – that's not enough to carry your team, I don't think, into a Super Bowl or anything like that. You know, Mahomes, oh, wait, you got Tyreek Hill. Okay, I got Sammy Watkins and Kelsey and running backs, and I'll spread the ball to them. That's fine. You do that. You know, I want to see that from Watson now to go to that 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 next guy, the next group of guys, spread it spread it out, spread it all around.
And let me just say this real quickly. Last hour we were talking about the Browns, and I said maybe Baker Mayfield needs to shed the saltiness when it comes to things that he may not like that people in the media say. And I mentioned Mahomes and Lamar Jackson and Kyler Murray. I mean, nothing bothers Deshaun Watson. No. He's got the perfect quarterback demeanor. You can say anything, you can do anything, and he's just going to go to the next play. And that's the part of this that could make the DeAndre Hopkins trade work. He's not going to sit around and mope and sulk and pout over the fact that DeAndre Hopkins is gone, even though he clearly wasn't thrilled about it when it happened. Now you move on to David Johnson at running back. Will Fuller, Brandon Cooks arriving via trade with the Rams. Randall Cobb, free agent signing. Kenny Stills, still there, part of the trade that that they did with the Dolphins last year. You know, if those guys are healthy, and that may be a big if, especially with Fuller. And we love Fuller as a player, yeah. but you got to be on the field in order to play and, and, and play well. If those guys are healthy, if those five, Johnson and those four receivers are healthy, that, that gives Deshaun Watson plenty of options, Chris. Oh, it, it definitely does. Uh, it, it, I mean... You know, it's an offense. Again, it's New England. We know, and they know how to spread the ball around and do different things. And we haven't seen that from Houston, and I think that'll be big. And listen, the other aspect of this, we, we, they, they need to be that way, I think. You know, the, you know, the one thing we lose, and I, I think one of the reasons we're a little bit like, what are the Texans and, you know, you know how good are they? You know, the defense stunk last year. There's no other way to put it. You know, and, and, of course, they lost one of their best defensive linemen and D.J. Reader to free agency. So they need some of these guys in the secondary, some of these young guys, some of these guys in Vernon Hargraves, who they got from Tampa last year, and Gary and Conley, who they traded from the Raiders. They got to show up and play better, too. But, you know, J.J. Watt's still real good. You know, but there's not a lot of household names on that front seven that people are going to know. And the run game and pass game last year, they were bad in both areas, especially the pass game. And they might have to work some of those kinks out early in the year, and that's where they're going to have to rely on this offense and Watson, at least maybe until that group comes along and can hold, you know, hold their own. Underscoring your point about the defensive struggles, you're up 24 nothing right. in the first half of a playoff game and still give up 51. I mean, think about it. You're spotted 24, and you're up. And your defense still has an epic collapse and gives up more than 50 points to the Kansas City Chiefs. You know, I I just wonder what kind of a scar that leaves on this team. We asked Peter King about that yesterday um, because he, he did his latest Football Morning in America focusing on a day in the life of the Texans training camp. I mean, not only was that the last game you played, it's the next game you play. How do you get this team ready to go back into that same environment, minus the fans, Yeah, uh, and, and face that same team? How do you change that outcome, Chris? How do you come out of there with a better result? Um, and, and if you get up by 10, 17, 24 points, when do you start bracing for the onslaught from the Chiefs? Well, uh, you know, those are real questions, no doubt. And I think the one thing that's going to motivate them continually here throughout, you know, training camp and going up to this game is that Bill O'Brien's going to, they're going to still be watching that film. And I, it's going to be a fear motivation, I think, where they're going to look at it and go, damn, if we don't change some things up and play better, we're going to get run out of the gym by Mahomes and company once again. So that is a very real aspect. I mean, fear is one of the greatest motivators there is. And, you know, that, that's, that's going to be interesting to watch, no doubt about it, Mike. You know, and then again, we go into it because I, I like doing this. You look at their early season schedule, great Scots Batman. I mean, whoa, 
at Chiefs, Ravens, at Steelers, Vikings. Woo, that is a tough four. And then, you know, in that division, as we know, the AFC South is so competitive. You start out one and three, something like that. I think this year in the AFC South where, you know, there's stability with the Tennessee and the Colts and Phillip Rivers being there now and everything like that. Man, I, I don't know if you'll be able to, to climb out of that hole uh, in that division this year. The good news is the Texans went to Kansas City last year during the season and won 31-24. to Yeah. You know, if you're Bill O'Brien, how do you balance what film you show? How much of the film from the regular season win? How much of the film from the playoff loss is you try to get these guys ready? You try to get these guys to the point where they're not intimidated by this Chiefs team because – we have gone on in there and beaten them. Yeah, you're, they'll have they'll be able to lean on that. Now, uh, do I think they had a shamrock and a rabbit's foot up their butt that day? Yes, I do. You know, they were up seventeen to nothing. If you remember, <laughs> that was that game where Mahomes like threw the deep pass down the field, and they're going to get pass interference, and it's going to be down to the <laughs> one yard line, and they overturned it, uh, and it saved the Texans. It really did. So. You know, it'll be interesting. And I'm interested in this Houston Texans team. I mean, listen, worst case, best case. What do you see, Mike? I don't know. I mean, they're another team I look at and go, I'm not shocked if they win the division. They could go 11 and 5 and 12 and 4. I wouldn't be shocked by that. But I don't know. I, they could I, go 7 and 9. They could, they go, could I, go 7 and 9. I think that's about this. That's the floor I see. I can't even give them 6 and 10. Deshaun Watson ain't going 6 and 10. That ain't happening. He's too good. So seven and nine, and I think that would even take like some wheels to fall off. I almost want to say eight and eight is like as bad as it can get, but I'll go seven and nine for worst, absolute worst case scenario. The team they beat in the wild card round made it. Wait a minute. The team they, they beat to get to the division, not in the wild card round, because they wouldn't have made it to the AFC championship game if they lost in the wild card round. Duh. The Titans, who finished second in the division, made it to the AFC championship game. The Colts have reloaded with Phillip Rivers. I mean, this is a tough division. Ooh, the Jaguars man. are the only team that people are writing off. Right. And they may be a team that, you know, they get lucky under Gardner Minshew and it all falls together. So it's going to be a tough year for the Texans. A defending champion, a two-time defending division champion that we just are kind of looking at saying – do we really think they can win that division? I'm not sure, but I agree with you. Best case, they win the division. Best case, maybe they get to the AFC Championship game. Worst case, they they tumble and they fall out of the the playoff chase all together. But, uh, but we both feel strongly about Deshaun Watson. They're going to be in the conversation for as yeah. long as Watson is on the team, and maybe before the start of the season, we'll find out that Watson has the long-term contract that will ensure his future as the quarterback of the Houston Texans. All right. The season starts four weeks from tomorrow night. When we return, we're going to have a draft of the players who most need to get off to a hot start when 2020 begins. We'll do that when PFT Live continues right after this. Around any corner, within every battle, and with the dawn of each new day, the threat of the unexpected, the unpredictable, and the unrelenting lies in wait. But Marines will always be there. They are the constant in the chaos. No matter the battlefield, Marines adapt to win, defeating every shifting threat, protecting our nation's future. The few, the proud, the Marines. Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. 
we come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Wednesday edition Pro Football Talk Live. The 2020 season is almost upon us. And look, with no preseason... The, the stakes are higher than ever before. You got to go right out of the chute. There's no ramp up. There's no gradual feeling out whether or not a team's got it or not. You are straight out of the gate week one. So today's draft, Chris, the players who most need to get off to a hot and fast start in 2020. I've got the trivia question for you, and it goes a little something like this. It's inspired by Baker Mayfield, by the way. So the question is, who is the Browns' all-time leading passer in yardage oh all-time leading passer in yardage i mean that's what i said i know well you know i'm talking it out i mean it's one of those i I want to say (laughs) i want to say you know bernie kozar that's not my answer but that's where you want to go but i i don't know i gotta think maybe it might be um you know otto graham or somebody like that in that era so i'm gonna go there i am gonna go there and say otto Oh, so close and so ridiculously close and close within. Let me do the math here very quickly if I can. A hundred and twenty nine yards away. Brian Seip. Oh, man. Is the all time leading passer. Nineteen seventy four to nineteen eighty three. He's got twenty three seven thirteen. Graham had twenty three five eighty four. Baker Mayfield already at number nine on the all time list. It tells you. It tells you everything the you game's need to know a little different. about the history of the quarterback position in Cleveland. Baker Mayfield, after two seasons, is number nine ahead of Vinny Testaverde and Derek Anderson. So Man, uh, I get the Brian first pick. Sight. See, I got my notes here. I, look, there are all, obviously everybody needs to get off to a hot start. I, I've got to go with, and I'm sorry, Chris, I'm taking your guy, but Aaron Rodgers must get off. The, to the uh, start of the 2020 season quickly and definitively and with a middle finger to the organization for trading up to draft a quarterback in round one. Aaron Rodgers needs to prove that he's still the guy he was last year, if not better. We're going to talk about the motivation and how he's good. Yeah, you got to show it right out of the gates when they go to Minnesota week one. And the good news is he won't have to worry about any fans there to make it too loud for him to operate. Well, I, I, I know what you're saying. I mean, I, I get it. Um, but, I mean, where I'd, I'd push back is public perception's not against Aaron Rodgers quite yet. Like, I think he'll get a little leeway if he didn't get up to a hot start. And, you know, talking to some people who know some things up in Green Bay, I'll just say this. You know, I, I fr- from what I've heard to this point, you know, it's been made very clear that Jordan Love is very raw, very raw. He is in no, you know, nowhere near threatening Aaron Rodgers, at least this year. So I, I, I've heard that's kind of off the table. But I get what you're saying. 
I am going to push back a little bit because yeah. I want to win the no, draft no, and screw no. you. Just, okay. Right. Who, who cares? Look, who cares about that? Let's yeah. let's make points that people can get their arms around. The idea that if he stumbles out of the gates, what's that going to do? What's that going to spark? What are people going to start saying? They're not going to say put in Jordan Love now. No. It's going to be like, well, maybe they knew what they were doing. Well, maybe maybe next year is the year. You know, yeah. that kind of thing. I right? know. Go You're ahead. right. You're right. But they should be saying, well, I mean, could they get some talent around the guy? Um, I, all right. Mm, I don't yes. even know where I want to go with this one first here. I'm going to go with Le'Veon Bell. I'm going to go with Le'Veon Bell. I think it's a bullseye on him this year. I mean, there's been a lot of talk about that contract and what he's doing and maybe trading him and everything like that. Come on. This guy was one of the best players in football before he held out for the contract issue in Pittsburgh that one year. And to me, yeah, he's kind of, you know, falling off the radar that way. You know, and does he still have it? You know, I think him getting off to a good start, you know, flirting with some 100-yard rushing games, getting the ball in the pass game, all that, will back people off of him here in New York because right now Jets fans have a bad taste in their mouth about Le'Veon Bell. He's the last regime signing, you know, and we've heard they were a little angry about what they paid for Le'Veon Bell and they got duped and all those type of things. So I'm going to throw Le'Veon Bell out there. Yeah, and remember, and we made this point previously, Le'Veon Bell, a great running back, is not the guy that you make the starting point for an offense. He's the icing on the cake. You yeah. need the offensive line. You need the passing game. You're not going to get high-end performance out of a great running back if you don't have the rest of an offense around him. So maybe the rest of the offense will be good enough that they can get more out of Le'Veon Bell. Maybe he can have the kind of start this year that quiets that talk because if he doesn't have a great start, Chris, the same thing's going to happen this year that happened last year. Teams are going to call about trading for him. It's going to be cheaper and easier to trade yep. for him this year because this is the final year of fully guaranteed money in his contract. It was $26 million paid out over the first two years, I believe 26 or 27. You don't have that obligation of fully guaranteed money next year. So if there is a stumble, if there is a slow start, if the Jets struggle, he's going to be one of those guys that may end up with another team yeah. by the time it's all said and done. No doubt. All right, next one for me. I'm surprised. You know, this is one that I think, um, you know, I had to really, really scan through all the teams and really think about it. But I think this one could have been my first pick and maybe would have been if you had won the the, the rights to the first selection and taking Aaron Rodgers. Ryan Tannehill, he's got to have a he, – he, look, too many questions still linger about this guy who got a gigantic contract after coming in halfway through the season, taking over from Marcus Mariota, getting the team to the AFC Championship game. If he reverts to the worst of what we saw from him when he was in Miami or if he should get injured early on, which would fulfill a narrative that continues to hover around him – they're going to be saying, man, they wasted their money on Ryan Tannehill. He's got to start earning that money and proving the Titans right, right out of the gates in 2020. Yeah, oh, I, I don't disagree with you. I mean, that stigma's there. You know, we're going to talk about that story, and people don't ever let it go. Oh, he was a top-ten pick. What did he do with the Miami Dolphins? And, you know, because he's kind of a quiet, humble guy, too, who's not going to, like, you know, tell reporters, for lack of a better phrase, to shut up and I'm doing this or whatever else – yeah, people want to jump on him, definitely. But uh, I, I, I don't, ex I don't expect it to change a whole lot from last year. I think this is a time where a guy made, the, you know, met the perfect team, the perfect scheme around him, and it's showing all his ability, you know, at its finest. And uh, I expect him. But you're right. There's going to be that talk. Why did they ever pay Ryan Tannehill that? What did he ever do in Miami? He was actually really good in Miami. Stop blaming one guy for an issue of the whole organization. Okay. Okay, I'm, 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 I mean, I got to go with Tyrod Taylor. That's, that's where I'm going to go. 
He's got to get off to a hot start. I mean, I, I watched Hard Knocks last night. They're already talking about Justin Herbert in, in, with the Chargers. And, you know, he's one of those guys. Again, you just watch him. They had a little segment last night. With all the players going, man, Herbert, I like your, you know, I like your ball. I like the way it comes in. All that sounds weird saying that. They actually even joked about that on the show. But then they show him throwing the ball in the nets and things like that. I mean, the guy's got a special talent. And we know, you know, this Chargers team's got some talent. If Tyrod Taylor and the offense are kind of floundering early on and maybe they're only, you know, two and two or two and three out of the gate, he could be in trouble and they go with Justin Herbert. You know, I can go a lot of different directions here. Uh, I, I'm, you know what? We talked earlier in the show about a running back in a contract year and Alvin Kamara, another running back in a contract year that flashed early and tailed off last year. And this is a big year for him. James Conner, Steelers running back, right? He's kind of fallen off the radar screen Definitely. from the standpoint of thinking of him as a, as a above average running back. And I think that, that if he's not getting it done early this year, they're going to give those carries to somebody else. So, you know, to establish himself as a long-term member of the Steelers organization to get that second contract and defend off any challengers, Definitely. he needs to get off to a big start for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Chris. Yeah, I, I like that. Uh, that. That's your best pick so far. Finally, you know, third time's a charm for you. Um, but, <laughs> but, yes. It's been underwhelming. He definitely did not replace Le'Veon Bell and what they missed there. And if he doesn't get off to a hot start, that Benny Snell, that Anthony McFarland from from uh, Maryland, they're they're gonna take over his carry. So I'm with you there. I like that pick all the way. Okay, um, I, I gotta go. I'm gonna go back to the running back. Well, I'm David Johnson. You know, we talked about him when we just did the state of the franchise with the Houston Texans. Come on. I mean, has there been a trade, you know, m more made fun of this offseason than that? You know, everybody looks at that and just goes, man, you gave DeAndre Hopkins away for David Johnson and you're paying David Johnson $10 million? I mean, Billy O'Brien is never going to hear the end of that if David Johnson has some underwhelming stat lines, you know, the first three or four games of the year. Uh, so that is one I look at just to get, you know, the public perception change and everybody off Billy O'Brien, the GM's back and all those things where – um, uh, I, I certainly think David Johnson needs to make his, his, his part in the offense known early on. He's got to reestablish himself. That's right. Other names I had on my list, Todd Gurley, Ben Roethlisberger, Dalvin Cook, who's trying to get that new contract in Minnesota, trying to put pressure on the team to get it. And Derek Carr, your yeah. guy, Derek Carr. Okay. Look, he's tired of being disrespected. Got to come out and play better. Just like Lincoln Kennedy said, play better and you won't be disrespected. All right. Chris had Le'Veon Bell, Tyrod Taylor, David Johnson. I had Aaron Rodgers, Ryan Tannehill, and Winning. James Conner. That is today's Winning. draft. We're going to wrap things up next right here on Pro Football Talk Live. Chris, you talked earlier about the longest game you ever participated in. Well, the control room made it to the archives and found some of that footage from late 2005. Let's oh, my look. gosh. There yeah. he is. There yeah. he is with Kyle. Kyle was 12. There's Jim Moore getting his phone call, $25,000 phone call, oh. saying, what do I do? Huh? You write the check and you make it payable to Paul Tagliabue. Oh, nice little throw there, Christopher. Yeah, we're Spike. It's last drive. We're trying to go down and kick the field goal. We had the game-winning field goal the drive before, like a chip shot, and it's kind of a little bit of a stumble, bad snap by the you know holder snapper, and uh, we were fortunate to get the ball back and go down and beat Michael Vick. And, uh, man, yeah, that was me with Michael Vick at the end. Michael Vick was the most nerve-wracking guy to ever play against in your life. 
because it would be third and 54, and you'd be like, uh, he might scramble or he might throw a laser 65 yards down the field. I don't know if we're going to be able to stop him here. I mean, it was unreal watching him. It was truly the Michael Vick experience. Did you give Kyle that haircut? <laughs> that is horrible. Holy get, cow. Get what the was Clippers he thinking? Out. What was that? What was his name? He's Gomer Pyle over there. That's what he looks like from the uh, the old show. You, 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 that was the night he the night he was getting your initials tattooed on his leg. You were clipping his hair with the, the, the shut the, up, uh, you know, industrial shut up. razor. All right, I'll that's see it you for tomorrow. today. Everybody, see you tomorrow. <laughs>